The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Now... Here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Well, here we go. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. It's presented by the Business Locker Room. We call it Biz Locker Radio. Great to have you on board for episode number 61. I can assure you this one is going to be fantastic. Great, great guest today. Just a few moments, I'll be joined by Jeb Blunt. You may know him as Sales Gravy. I'm going to figure out why they call him Sales Gravy, too. I'm sure there's a good story behind that. Most people probably know it, and I don't, but I'm excited to have him on board. It's going to be really good stuff, and it just uh, continues the quality of the shows that we continue to have it here on BizLocker Radio. Some really great stuff coming down the line. As a matter of fact, was able to confirm a booking today for a gentleman by the name of Oren Clough. He wrote a book called Pitch Anything. And it is uh, some kind of fantastic. I'm excited to do that. It'll be on August the 24th. We'll be doing that as well. BizLocker Radio, hey, we operate at the intersection of sports and business because if you've been doing this very long, you know that business is exactly like sports. There's winners, there's losers, players and coaches. You need a game plan. All of the analogies work, but it's the show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use today. You will come away from today with something useful. I can assure you that more than one. So if you're looking to improve your business performance, whether you own a business, sell a product, manage a team, or lead a company or a department, you're in the right place. We have experts in sales, marketing, social media, business strategy, leadership, so much more. BizLocker Radio, I'm your host. I'm Kelly Riggs. Thanks for joining us. You can find us online, by the way, bizlockerradio.com. Follow me on Twitter at Kelly Riggs. And again, this is episode number 61. I call it Rock your commission check. Stole that directly from Jeb Blunt's website. Love that. So decided to make it the title of our show today. Jeb uh, has got quite the background. We were talking before the break. I was telling him that he is one of the big league players in the industry. And he says he's just a guy. But let me tell you a little bit about the guy because he's done some great things. Written a couple of books, 25 years of experience with Fortune 500 and small to medium business, small to medium sized businesses and startups. He is the CEO of Sales Gravy. Top 30 social selling influencer, so named by Forbes, a top five sales expert to follow on Twitter, very much sought after as a strategist and consultant in the world of sales. His flagship website is salesgravy.com. We'll say that many times. You can also find him at jebblunt.com. And the last name is B-L-O-U-N-T on Twitter, at salesgravy. Jeb, great to have you on board, man. Thanks for joining us. 
Man, I am so happy to be here. <laughs> Great. Well, I always find that the guys that are superstar successful in the world of sales, I, I never find any dull personalities. Salespeople... You know, even the more introverted, laid-back personalities tend to have a great enthusiasm and passion for what they do, Jeb, and you impress me as that kind of guy. Well, you know, um, sales is, don't, don't fool yourself, sales is brutal. You know, it's a, um, it is a tough world. It takes a lot of effort. It's, um, it can be extremely heartbreaking. So if you don't have a great personality and a, you know, a great drive, and, you, and if you're not a little bit weird and wacky, it's really hard to stick around for a long term. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Now, you, you're quite the author as well. You do a podcast. I mean, you're very visible on the social side. Uh, I was uh, giving uh, Matt Hines uh, some grief last week because he only has, you know, like 50,000 followers and you have 105,000 followers. But, you know, one of the questions that I get asked a lot, is, and I want to ask you this, is how in the world do you accumulate so many followers on Twitter? Is it just, is it sheer amount of time or did it all come in a big wave? And how does all that work? A lot of it's time. I mean, honestly, I, I got into Twitter really, really, really early. You know, because I, I remember I was, uh, I was, I think I was at the pool and my sister was talking about this stupid thing called Twitter and why anybody would want to know why someone was using the bathroom or having something to eat. And <laughs> anytime I hear something like that, you know, I, I, I jump right, you know, in, on top of it. So I got in really, really early and, you know, and, and I've got a huge website, so I, I've, I've a you know I've got on my for example in my database I've got almost you know eight hundred thousand people in my database. We have you know a couple hundred thousand people that we send emails out to every week. My podcast has been downloaded I think eight million times on iTunes. So you know all of that cumulative over a long period of time. You know, I started podcasting in two thousand seven before podcasting was cool. So when you put all that together. It's just a long-term effort. And if you went to see me on Google+, Plus, you would say that nobody follows me on Google+, Plus because when Google+, Plus came out, I thought, this is stupid and I'm never going to be there. And so the result is I have very few followers there. Oh, that's very, very interesting. Jeb Blunt is our guest uh, of Sales Gravy. Tell, us, tell me about the background uh, of the name Sales Gravy. Of course, your website, salesgravy.com. Where did all that come from? So 2006, um, I was the vice president of sales for a Fortune 500 company, and uh, and I was uh, 39, and I was ready to retire. It was nice. That's been you know years accumulating stock and things like that. So I started this new company called Sales Professionals Online. I was going to build this portal and you know big con- you know content site for salespeople. And I sat down with a buddy of mine from Seattle. I was I, I lecture over at University of, of Central Florida. And I was telling him all my plans for sales professionals online, and he looked across the table at me and said, this is the stupidest name I've ever heard. It's too long, and nobody's ever going to go there. And I already started constructing the website, you know. So I'm, I remember walking out of that restaurant in Orlando with my tail between my legs, thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So this is 2006. Now, you think about it today. But 2006, I'm typing in everything you can think of, like salesblank.com. There's nothing. Everything that I think is good is gone. Wow. So Thanksgiving Day, 2006, uh, we would go up to – I lived in South Florida at the time, and we would go to uh, Captiva Island, and we would spend Thanksgiving at Twin Waters Resort. We're having Thanksgiving dinner. The waiter comes by and with a little gravy boat to pour mashed potatoes on my gravy, and at that moment it hit me. I jumped up from the table, didn't say anything to my wife and my kid, and they, the last thing they saw was me running across the parking lot to the office because the only computer in the entire place was in the office. I moved the lady who was at the front desk. I said, you got to get out of the way. It's an emergency. 
And right there on the spot, I went, I went on and registered uh, salesgravy.com. And it sticks, a good name. And I always talk about gravy. You know, if you're doing all the right stuff in sales, you get gravy. And if you prospect every <laughs> single day, things fall into your lap. But that's how we came up with the name Sales Gravy. That's, that is absolutely amazing. Jim Blunt is our guest, and uh, he's, he's quite an author as well. He's written a couple of books. We'll talk about those as well. And I just want to say for the record, you know, Jim Blunt is the most downloaded sales podcast uh, in the world today. And because he's on my show today, I temporarily, for one hour, am the single most popular sales podcast on the planet. Won't last long, but while Jeb's here, I am the man. <laughs> great to have you. Yeah, great to have you on board. Hey, listen, you, you've written a couple of books, and, and a lot of people are interested in in that whole experience as well. You've written uh, People Follow You, The Real Secret to What Matters Most in Leadership. You've also written People Buy You, The Real Secret to What Matters Most in Business, four other books as well. Tell, tell me about the most recent, Jeb, People Buy You, The Real Secret to What Matters Most in Business. What's the? I mean, the premise is in the title, but how did you come together with that? Well, you know, it's the way I sell. Um, I just I, I believe sales is a conversation, and I believe that it, you know, people tend to overcomplicate it. Uh, something I call the paradox of basics in sales, and paradox of basics simply says that the basics a lot of times are just so obvious that for many people, they're impossibly invisible. And I think that for salespeople, the basics of just building relationships in the sales process is um, really hard for them to see how to do that. And so they go through mechanical or they... They, you know, waste time building rapport because they said they have to do that in the process rather than really building emotional connection with their buyer. And so I just basically wrote a book about how I've always sold stuff. And I used a lot of stories. It's been a really great, great book for me. The title didn't, didn't hurt me a bit, trust me. Um, but it's a simple book like that. And we really focus on these five basic questions. And so the, the whole idea of you know, from a sales conversation standpoint, is simply aligning the way that people buy with the way that you sell. And so everybody's got a sales process. And, and you, you mentioned, you know, businesses like athletics, and I believe that in sales. I believe that sales professionals are the elite athletes of the business world. Yes. And so you, elite athletes have a process. So you have a process in sales no matter what business you're in, but your buyer also has a process. And your buyer's process is emotional. The buyer's process is pretty simple. They want to know, do I like you? Do you listen to me? Do you make me feel important? Do you get me in my problems? And do I trust and believe you? And if you answer those questions for your buyer in the affirmative, it becomes almost impossible for them not to do business with you. And all People Value does is just provide a five-step framework for answering those questions. And it just does it in a way that just makes sense to people because at the end of the day, we're human beings and we're dealing with human beings. And if you just figure out how to do that, um, selling is pretty simple. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, just, I love what you say. I, I can't remember where I read it, but you've made the statement there are only two kinds of people in business. There are people in sales and there are people who support sales. And, and I think anybody in the selling profession certainly would support you in that. I've always felt that way. Nothing happens until somebody sells something. And, and yet, it, it's interesting, isn't it, Jeb, that uh, in many ways, salespeople are generally not well looked upon by the general public. Well, it's true, but I mean, if you think about the way the, the you know, the salespeople are, have been portrayed by, you know, by Hollywood and TV shows, you know, the salesperson's always some, you know, cheesy dude, you know, wearing a polyester suit, you know, you, you can think, just throw Tommy Boy in there, Tin Men, or any of those, mm -hmm. you know, those movies, and 
Um, Death of a Salesman, you know, is, a, is, is an early, you know, play. So, yeah, I think salespeople get a bad rap, and we probably own a little bit of that. But, you know, the best salespeople are wealthy people. And, in fact, if you really go look at the numbers, the best salespeople, and a lot of the best salespeople are entrepreneurs, don't get me wrong. It's like yes. you, know, you and I. But, you know, those folks are, are earning seven figures, and they're doing it on a regular basis. And so they don't match that stereotype of sales of salespeople. But, but Kelly, here's where this becomes a problem. And when I'm w- with salespeople, teaching salespeople, I walk through an ex- exercise that that helps them come to grips with this because they internalize their view of what salespeople look like because of what they've seen from Hollywood, and that inhibits them from going out and doing what their job is, and that is to go interrupt people and ask people to buy from them, and they're afraid to go do those things because they don't want to be pushy or look like a cheesy salesperson versus changing their mindset and seeing themselves as that elite athlete and understanding that, you know, when the whistle blows, they're on the field playing and everybody else in their company is sitting on the sidelines supporting them. Yeah, there's. I don't think there's any question that, for, for, for most athletes as well, Jeb, I mean, that, this is really the, why the analogy works for me. Having played sports and been around a lot of elite athletes, uh, formerly worked inside of a sports media production company as well, you get around a lot of athletes and you find that the really good ones, the ones that perform at crunch time, are the guys who really understand themselves mentally and can control their mental responses to things. I mean, they're really dialed in attitude-wise. My experience is salespeople are exactly the same way. The great salespeople know how to you know fail forward they know how to make mistakes and recover they know how to learn from what they do and they really don't take it personally before we go to break is there a way that you can find out in an interview process if you've got that kind of person applying for your job well wow. um, we haven't we haven't figured that out in the interview process because those people are really really good at snowing interviewers now yes. we have a, you know we have some we have some frameworks for asking questions to try to get there, and I try to understand that. But you've got two problems before you go to break. One is that you typically have a sales manager who was a salesperson interviewing a salesperson. So the sales manager spends all the time talking, which is really easy, and the salespeople are really good at letting the sales manager talk. And when the sales manager talks, the sales manager feels good about the salesperson because the salesperson is making the sales manager feel important. Thereby, therefore, the sales manager hires the wrong person rather than the right person. So the only way that we know how to get there is through psychometric testing. And we have a, 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 a little test or assessment that we sell called Sales Drive. And I've used them all. I've used Gallup. I've used, um, I've used uh, Chally. I've used um, PI. I've used everything. And Sales Drive, hands down, for me, is the best tool around for determining where, whether you're hiring a person who can actually sell something. I'm not talking about, well, they, it won't tell you whether they're the, you know, a model citizen or they're the person that's going to be your next CEO, but it will tell you whether they will have that mindset that you just described, get up in the morning and go out in the world or get on the telephone or do what they have to do, and they're going to, when they fall down, pick themselves back up, they're going to go through the process and they're going to keep going. And it's the only thing that I've found yet. Now, I can teach you a million different interview frameworks, but they're, they're, they're fallible because a human being is on the other side of that framework having that conversation with that particular self-candidate. 
Great stuff from Jeb Blunt. He's with Sales Gravy, the CEO of Sales Gravy. You can find him in two places, jebblunt.com, B-L-O-U-N-T, also salesgravy.com. You're going to want to follow him on Twitter like over 100,000 other people do, at Sales Gravy. We're going to take a time out. We're going to come back after the break. I want to find out a little bit more about Jeb's background, where he started in the sales business, and then we're going to jump in the middle of some of the massive action that you need to take to rock your commission check. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is BizLocker Radio. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the business locker room. Hey, welcome back. Biz Locker Radio presented to you by the business locker room. Thanks to Jeff Shore bringing us back through the break. You'll notice we have a lot of people that are in the sales world on the show. Uh, clearly, they uh, they bring a lot of value to that, but we don't stop there. We do social selling, social media, leadership, business strategy. Of course, John Spence on a couple of times with us, and I am a big fan of his incredible book, Awesomely Simple. I've got a big stack of books here of people that we've had on the show, and they represent some of the biggest names and some of the best interviews we've ever done here on BizLocker Radio. This is episode number 61. We call it Rock Your Commission Check. And that's because we've got Jeb Blunt on the line. And Jeb, welcome back. Hey, I wanted to find out a little bit, where did you start your sales career? Really, where did you get your core training that really formed who you are in the sales world? Um, you know, two places. So, so I started my sales career actually in 11th grade and on the yearbook staff. And <laughs> I, I I joined the yearbook because there was girls on the yearbook, a lot of girls on the yearbook, and I figured I wouldn't have to work very hard, and there'd be a lot of girls on the yearbook. So I joined in that spring. We had to sell ads, you know, because the, the, the uh, teacher that, that taught yearbook said, here's your ad, you know, here's your 
quarter page, you know, full page, what have you. And I remember walking down the street. I walked out of there, and I went down to Hall's Hardware Store, and I walked up to Mr. Hall in a little town called Harlem, Georgia, middle of nowhere, and I said, hey, I'm selling ads for the yearbook. And he said, oh, I'll take one of those. And he wrote me a check. And I was like, that was like sales crack at that moment. I went <laughs> everywhere and sold ads. And I sold them in Harlem. I sold them in Grovetown, which is just another traction my wife's from. And then I went on to Augusta and sold a bunch of car dealerships. And we came back. You know, most people had reported that they'd sold like, you know, $300 worth of ads. Mostly they'd sold them to their parents. I think our quota was 350 And I sold three, three, uh, $3,500 in ads. And... It kind of blew everybody away, and they made me the editor of the yearbook. And then I, that was the point where I, I figured out, you know, if you walk down the street and knock on doors, people will give you money. And if you can sell a whole bunch of stuff, people will let you run things. So that was number one. And then number two for me was, um, was Nutrisystem. I went to work for Nutrisystem. I was 23 years old and ended up um, in a very short time period running seven of their profit centers uh, across Georgia. So I learned a whole lot about um, selling and coaching there, even though it was a retail environment. And then I spent, you know, 17 years of my life at a company called Aramark. And, you know, we had uh, robust training programs there, and I learned how to sell business to business. And I had an amazing sales manager, named Bob Blackwell, who basically, you know, saw that I had a talent for selling. And like any great coach, and we go back to the athletic piece, you know, took that raw talent and turned me into – um, a killer, and I ended up breaking, you know, all of the sales records for that company, like 100-year records were broken, and then they let me manage people, and then I ended up being vice president of sales. So, I'm going to tell you, that's my that's my, my quick background, quick and dirty. Yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. You know, it's it's a, it's always uh, an interesting story to see how salespeople get recognized when they get out and just absolutely crush it. You know, e- even the most jaded person who doesn't have a lot of respect for salespeople will suddenly become highly respectful when they've got somebody bringing revenue in at, at that particular rate. Well, you've written you've written a lot of things, and, and I want to comment on a couple of them. One of them is you, you recently wrote a blog, blog post that talks about the change in attitude towards selling from academia. And I, and I don't think it's any big secret that, you know, you, you in, in the last quarter century, you really didn't go to college and get a degree in sales. And although there are some places where you can get training in sales now, many times selling in college is often like management in college. They don't really tell you how to do it, but they, they teach you all the theories about it and all the background in academia. So, you, you've noted that there is some change in attitude most recently in selling. What's driving that? Well, a lot of it is the, you know, the colleges. It costs a whole lot of money to go to college these days. And, and unfortunately, kids are getting out of school with this, this massive load of debt and on the job. Now, you know and I know there are tons of sales jobs out there. If you get into college and you want to go sell something, somebody will hire you. I've got 40,000, 50,000 sales jobs on salesgravy.com right now that proves it. And so what, what's happening is the university started looking at their alumni and they figured out that the people that were making the most money and had the most stable careers and were having the most career advancement, for the most part, were people that were going into sales. And if you get out of college today with, uh, you know, just a bachelor's degree, there's probably about an 80% chance that you're going to be selling something at some point early in your career. So these universities have begun to look at their world and say, well, we really need to start thinking about professional selling. And the proof in the pudding is, I mentioned the University of Central Florida. We sponsor their professional sales program as a company, and we go down there and, and, and do guest lectures. But those kids that are coming out of that professional selling program, they are 100% employed coming out of school with companies, big companies, falling all over themselves to hire those kids. 
And one little other small fact, um, at least the last time that, that I checked, and this was maybe a year ago, the biggest, the largest student club at MIT is the sales club. Just to give no you an kidding. idea of... Wow. Yeah. That, that's pretty incredible. Well, you know, I, I think most people are familiar with Daniel Pink's book, To Sell as Human, The Surprising Truth About Moving Others. One of the things he said which supports exactly what you've just, you just told us, quote, selling in a broader sense. He said there's a, a vast number of workers that spend considerable parts of their workday, as he says, quote, selling in a broader sense, persuading, influencing, and convincing others. The, the, the challenge, I think, Jeb, is that most people have sort of this preconceived notion of what selling is, and, and it basically comes down to this. Some guy comes to your house and uh, cons you out of money you don't want to spend for products you'll never use and it will sit in your closet until you put it in a garage sale someday down the road. Or it's the guy you happen to run into when you want to go buy a car and you'd rather, you know, you'd rather have a, your molars pulled. Uh, what, what, is, what does the profession have to do to move the needle with the general public, do you think? I don't. I, you know, honestly, I don't think the profession can move the needle with the general public. Um, and I don't think it really matters. Um, you know, Good people point. continue to buy things and will continue to sell things. And the, you know, the, what, what's basically happening is bad salespeople have always been around and great salespeople have always been around. And I love these, you know, these people who talk about old school and new school. And, and for me, there is the school of sales. And these school of sales are people who understand that they're selling to another human being. Uh, Daniel Pink's, um, uh, book is a great a great model for that. And actually, the one you, you, you were talking earlier, Pitch Anything, um, Warren's book is fantastic. Yes, and it is. So, and both of those books talk about that human experience. What's happening right now, and what we feel right now, is that bad salespeople are being exposed at a much greater rate than they ever have been before. And the fallacy is that everything has changed. And it's not that everything has changed. It's just that because information is ubiquitous, and because buyers have the ability to skip past salespeople for certain transactions, they're opting out of dealing with a salesperson, like you said, where they would rather go get a root canal than spend 15 minutes with some joker standing in front of them pitching. Right. So I don't know that the sales profession itself can change. I know that salespeople can change. I know that when salespeople learn how to engage another human being in a conversation and actually listen to them and make them feel important, get to really understand them and bridge, and I'm not talking about closing, just bridging from a customer's problem to a solution using the customer's language rather than their own pitch. When they learn how to do those things, they become unstoppable. And they, they whether in account management, they get a seat at the table, or if they're in pure hunter sales, they're, they're walking away and they're not leaving buyer's remorse behind them. But those skills, those core skills, They've always been in place since there were people in Egypt selling stuff to the gods building the pyramids. Those, those core human skills, Daniel Pink writes about this, are in, they're, 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 they're human. They're what we do as people. And the problem right. we have in, is, is that these skills are so basic. It's like John Spence's book. I love that book, Awesomely Simple. They're so basic and so obvious that they are impossibly invisible to most people. And I, I view my job as the guy who goes around and just pulls the cover off of it, and people go, wow, that's magic, and I'm just showing them how to have a conversation with another human being in a way that makes the other human being feel like they were valued and cared for, and the salesperson really did have their best interest at heart. 
Yeah, it's a great point. And you and I are absolutely in lockstep. To me, selling is is all about a dialogue in which I'm doing what I can to help you and find out exactly what you actually need and not trying to foist something on you that you actually want. I mean, I grew up with Zig Ziglar, Jeb, and of course, Secrets of Closing the Sale was the big deal. But what I recognized over time, the real value of that book was helping me see that people buy emotionally and not logically as a very task-driven, logically-driven individual. That, that was an eye-opener for me. But even today, I tell people say, hey, can you teach me your clothes? I go, yeah, it goes something like this. Is there any reason why you wouldn't want to go ahead? That's all I have. I mean, I, I know. There's no I'm not that tricky, technique. you know? Ask for the business. But you earned the right to ask because you just had a conversation with them. Look, if I... If I if I, if I connected with you emotionally and I listened to you and I asked deep questions that got you to reveal what, what your real problem is, got below the surface, and I showed you a way I could fix your problem, I've earned the right to ask. I, all I have to do is just say, let's do this. And they're not going to say yes every single time um, because you have to answer that last question, right? Do I trust and believe you? And sometimes it takes a little bit more time to get to that place but it's it should be smooth and it should be natural and um, and it's you know we're simplifying something that sometimes in complex sales when you're dealing with you know um, multiple buyers and influencers and naysayers uh, and people that you can see and can't see that the you know the, that real art of building those relationships you know really comes into play um, on multiple levels but the framework for doing that is is simple. And, but it's really hard for people. Yeah, it really is. Jeb Blunt is our guest here on BizLocker Radio, the CEO of Sales Gravy. And if you're in the sales world, you just heard him say a few moments ago, 40 to 50,000 jobs available on Sales Gravy. If you know someone looking for a job, that's the place they need to be. Jeb, of course, has written a couple of fantastic books, and he's got a brand new book coming out this October 2015. It's called Fanatical Prospecting. We'll come back on the other side of the break. We'll talk a little bit about that book, and then get your notebooks ready. We're going to talk about some massive action you can take to rock your commission check. I'm Kelly Riggs, BizLocker Radio on Voice America. I'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science 
of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. Hey, great to have you back in the Business Locker Room. It's Biz Locker Radio. Find us online, bizlockerradio.com. Man, we have had some phenomenal guests on the show. You can hear some interview clips. You can go listen to every single podcast, all 60 of them in the past. Some of the great guests, Dan Walshmit, by the way, the very first guy we ever had on the show, and he did a return appearance not too terribly long ago. Well, our uh, last segment with Jeb, and we're going to get into some heavy, heavy stuff, things that people can do. Jeb, my whole objective in this show is not only to find great guests, but to leave the people who listen with some very practical things that they can use to move the needle on a day-to-day basis. Before we do that, you've got a brand new book coming out, Fanatical Prospecting. I'm a little confused. You mean salespeople are still supposed to prospect? Is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, I'm saying it loud and clear. You're actually before you right now, right? The number one reason for failure in sales is an empty pipeline. And the number one reason for an empty pipe is the failure to prospect. Pretty simple. Uh, it, it, I, I, <laughs> I, I wrote a, a LinkedIn blog post about that about uh, two weeks ago. The one thing you can do to make sure you make your number every single solitary time is to make sure you have enough in your pipeline. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I guess people, Jeb, look for the easy way. And of course, salespeople are pretty notorious for that in many cases. But it's like, well, if I do, if I do Twitter and Facebook and blog posts and content marketing, people will just line up and buy my stuff and I don't have to do anything else. And, and that's just, it's just simply not true, is it? It's, it's not true, and there is no easy way, by the way. There is no easy button. Um, Joe DeSina wrote a book called Spartan Up, a fantastic book. And he's in, the, in, in the book, he said that, um, I think he said that easy is the greatest marketing hook of all time. And if you're a salesperson and you're walking around in the world or you're reading articles and you're listening to the buzz out there, everybody's out there on the street corner telling you that they have an easy way to do one thing, and that is to fill the pipe up. And they're just full of crap. And when you hear anybody telling you that they're going to make it painless, they're going to make it easy, you're, you can fill up your pipe run in 18 minutes a day or something stupid like that, run as fast as you can the other way because you're going to get hosed and you're going to spend a bunch of money and you're not going to get anything out of it. Uh, d- double highlight that one, folks. You, you hear that from people like Jeb Blunt, Mike Weinberg, Jim Keenan, people like that. There is just, just nothing easy about sales. I, I had a sales manager, Jeb, that told me when I was a very young man, he goes, let me tell you something. Sales, the highest paid hard work there is and the lowest paid easy work there is. Selling. I love that quote. That's such that, a good quote. That is a great quote. Well, hey, let's talk about some things that salespeople can do. A lot of people tuning in today to hear you share some really good stuff. Let's talk about some of the biggest mistakes that salespeople make and the changes they could make right now that are going to move the needle for them. What, what do you see out there? 
You know, I'm, I'll tell you a quick story. So I was um, working with this sales rep uh, for one of my larger clients, and it was just happened to be one of those uh, days where I was sitting just observing this rep. And I, I watched her during a couple of hours where she was supposed to be prospecting, setting up appointments. This is business to business. She's got a defined database of prospects that are all qualified. And her real only job is basically to qualify the buying window, set an appointment, and go out and initiate a conversation. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward business to business sales. And I watched her, um, you know, fiddle around on her computer. I would watch like this, the, the email ding. I call it being beware of the ding, right? The email would ding or something would pop up and she would chase that. And at one point I noticed that she put everything down and she was on YouTube watching something, bounced over to LinkedIn, probably read, you know, reading one of our articles or doing something like that and came back and and she was taking like, you know, 8 to 10 to 12 minutes to make one outbound call. So at the end of the thing, you know, I asked her well, how it went. And she said, well, you know, see, I told you, like, nobody can hit these numbers that they're asking me to hit. And she was completely oblivious to all of the distractions that were keeping her from doing the most important activity that she could do. So I'll give you one tip. And don't be like her. Turn everything off. When you sit down at your desk to make your prospecting calls, to set your day up, if you're sitting down to fill out contracts, if you're sitting down to do anything, concentrate your power and focus on that one thing because there's too many distractions and salespeople are, you know, we're all ADD to begin with because we're all a little bit nuts. And you simply cannot manage your world with everything going on. Turn it all off. Concentrate your power. Focus on one thing at a time. And you mentioned Weinberg, because Weinberg will tell you the same thing I'll tell you, is when you do that, set, set periods of time, blocks, and do that work inside of those blocks. Because as a salesperson, you know, if there's one thing that you can do, it's use your time better. You want to rock your commission check, you've got the same 24 hours as the guy across the street that's selling the same product that you got, and it's how you use those 24 hours that are going to make the most impact on, on your income. And... So it's these little things like not spending your time doing trivial things because you can't stay focused when everything, every bell, every whistle, everything is beeping around you. You just can't do it. So turn it off. Yeah, Kurt Steinhorst was a guest on the show. I don't know if you know his name, but he's a he's a younger guy, a millennial guy. He calls himself a distraction es- expert. He says he's <laughs> he was born with ADD. And, and has it in a big way, but he's, he talks about corporate ADD and the distractions that happen. And the research suggests, Jeb, that in the corporate environment, people get interrupted every three minutes, most of it self-imposed by the, by the dings that you're talking about. And it typically takes anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes for people to get back on task. That's a big hill to climb if you've got a number uh, that you're trying to hit in the sales world. And, and yet, w- another one of the things I'd like to get you to comment on is one of the things that I see salespeople do is they tend to pursue all opportunities equally, same amount of time, regardless of the size of the customer, the size of the opportunity, e- even the, the uh, opportunity for them to get the business. They, they treat all leads indiscriminately the same. And that's got to be a huge time challenge mistake, does it not? Absolutely. So, you know, if you think about it, you're, as a salesperson, performance is, a, is a, an equation of efficiency and effectiveness. So the efficiency mm-hmm. is getting as much done as possible in the shortest amount of time. Um, the effectiveness is that the activities that you are doing 
making sense, right? So there's a little um, corollary, corollary from Parkinson's law that says, uh, it's called the law of triviality, which is the human tendency to focus on the most trivial things when more important things are, 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 are pressing. And salespeople do the same thing in their pipeline. Now, you say they treat everything the same. Yes and no. I think, uh, I think a lot of times they, they look at their best opportunities um, and they ignore those opportunities to go focus on things that may be less of an opportunity or uh, a lower potential or a lower size because they're either easier or it, you know, they're able to shun other activities because they can chase those things. So what, what the best thing a salesperson can do in those situations is, is qualify and segment. Because it does you absolutely no good to spend your time prospecting and going out and calling on people who aren't qualified to buy from you. So you, I, we call it a prospecting pyramid. It's, the, it's a methodology that we teach. And that is when you start your sales day, focus on the highest probability and the highest potential prospects first, and then move down the pyramid so that over time you're qualifying and you're, and you're moving those deals up the pyramid so that you're focused on like, the best things first. The other thing is for salespeople, and let's just say, let's take the premise that they're, you're focusing and you see every lead or every opportunity the same, is be coachable. Take your pipeline to your sales manager and sit down with your sales manager. You're, sit down with your fellow peers. I love to do pipeline reviews where you just throw a pipeline out in the middle of a bunch of salespeople. It's like a, a free-for-all. They'll kill each other. Um, but have other people look at it because while you're holding on to your precious little deal that is never going to close, other people can tell you that, and they'll see that, and if you pay attention to them, they'll help you get your focus on the right deals at the right time. Yeah, no question about it. There, there's one of my favorite quotes, Jim, by Robert Heinlein, quote, in the absence of clearly defined goals, we become strangely loyal to performing daily trivia until ultimately we become enslaved by it, unquote. How, how much do you stress goal setting and very clear objectives and milestones and numbers and all of those kinds of things when you work with sales teams? Well, you know, one of the things I ask sales teams is, I said, just somebody give me a name of your favorite professional athlete. And, you know, and somebody will throw a name out. And I said, let's suppose that we were just walking down the street and ran into this dude. And we said, um, you know, what are your latest stats? What do you think the, the chances are, the probability that that professional athlete could give us all of his stats? <laughs> and, uh, and the, you know, the salespeople say, well, 100%. I go, yeah, but let's just go grab a salesperson and ask them to do the same thing. What do you think the chances they could tell us how many calls they made, how many of this, how many proposals, you know, what's in their pipe, what the percentages are, what the probabilities are? And the answer is probably zero. Because most salespeople don't see themselves in that, in that way. So it starts with, you know, knowing your numbers, understanding your stats, and, and telling yourself the truth. And there's uh, something called the universal law of sales awareness, and it simply says that you cannot be delusional in sales and successful at the same time. So you have to start off by understanding your stats, knowing them like a professional athlete, and then once you get that, understanding and using those stats to know exactly where you're going – and goals are, are, and targets are twofold. I mean, targets are obviously your number of goals. Here my, here's what I need to do in terms of statistics in order to hit a bigger goal, what I want to accomplish. And I think Napoleon Hill said that desire is the root of all achievement mm -hmm. or something like that. I think I'm paraphrasing. But the, you know, once you understand that, set those goals as things that you want in life. You know, I, for example, I wanted to live on the intercoastal waterway 
um, in South Florida and put a, a yacht in the back of the of, of my you know of my home and I was able to sell enough stuff so I could get commissions in order to buy those things. That was a big goal, but I would never get there if I didn't understand what my numbers were. And and you if you just it's just mind numbing when you walk around with salespeople and you ask them, tell me what you did today that they just can't tell you. Yeah, I, and it's it's a conversation as a sales manager that you never want to have with someone is to tell them that you're concerned about their numbers, concerned about their performance, and they look at you and say, hey, Jeb, what do you want me to do? I'm working as hard as I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a, a little better understanding of what kind of work you're doing and how it impacts your numbers is always a good thing. Well, he is Jeb Blunt, and I can assure you that he'll be back on this show. He's got a brand new book coming in October, Fanatical Prospecting, uh, going to come out in October of 2015. Make sure you look at salesgravy.com. If you're in the sales arena and you're interested in a job, that's the place to go look. Also, if you're a sales manager, find their assessment called Sales Drive. Jeb's telling me offline that uh, it's he can, he can tell 100% of the time, and anybody says something like that, they get my they get my attention in a hurry, Jeb. Hey, thanks so much for being on the show, man. A real pleasure to have you. Man, it was awesome. I can't wait to come back. All right, it'll be good stuff. Jeb Blunt, and you can find him at jebblunt.com, B-L-O-U-N-T. Follow him on Twitter at SalesGravy. We're going to take our final time out. Come back on the other side. My good friend Miles Austin will join me from Seattle. We'll talk X's and O's here in the business locker room. We've got a great new tool for you to look at. It's going to help you in your everyday productivity. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is Biz Locker Radio. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. 
John Spence bringing us back out of the break. He's the author of Awesomely Simple. He's one of the business locker room coaches, by the way. And you can always find a monthly blog post from him in addition to his own stuff right here at bizlockerroom.com. This is Biz Locker Radio. It's brought to you by the Business Locker Room. And my X's and O's partner joins me, Miles Austin from uh, lovely Seattle. Hey, are you guys out of your heat wave up there? Oh, thank goodness we are, and I'm in about mid-70s right now and an overcast guy, and I'm loving every minute of it. Oh, I don't even want to hear it, man. You you moved it down here. We're high 90s, and it's going to be ugly for at least a couple of weeks. But that's uh, July and August in Oklahoma. Hey, we're always talking productivity here on Biz Locker Radio, and you're always bringing us something a little bit different to look at. And uh, you sent me your latest list of things to cover, and, and some of the stuff you sent me, I just I just shook my head like – where does he find this stuff? And the one we're going to talk about today is called Roger. Uh, meetroger.com. And the name of the tool, the name of the app is Roger. You want to tell us about it? Absolutely, Kelly. And I'll I just tell your listeners right now that um, this is an iPhone app only right now. But don't tune me out because it's coming on Android and it's even coming on Windows. So, uh, be patient, but it's as happens a lot of times, it's on iPhone only. And it's really designed, I mean, I, Kelly, I don't know about you, but I'm out a lot and I'm out meeting people. And, and you know, we talked last week about uh, a business card capture and all of that. Sometimes I find more and more people don't even have a business card with them. And so what Roger is designed to do is continue to keep the connection going. And you literally, it's designed to say, here, here's my phone. Type in your contact name, your information, basically your email address. They type it in, and then Roger, behind the scenes, automatically sends them um, all of your contact information, your name, your email, your phone number, whatever you set up in the profile. But more than that, it also gives you the ability to um, record your meeting, if you choose to, right, the audio of what you guys talked about. You can take a picture, and it records a picture of the event. So that they can re be reminded later on when they get information from you. Oh, yeah, that was the guy I met, and here's where we met, and here's the information. And it's all done behind the scenes very automatically. You know, you know it's interesting when we talk about things like this. My experience is, is that most people, I'm going to use this term, don't, don't get excited, our age. Uh, you know, we're a little older. We're veterans. We've been out a few decades doing what we do. Most people our age look at stuff like this, and they just kind of shake their heads. But... Well, I mean, if you're if you're under 35, I mean, people eat this stuff up, and this is a fantastic app because I mean, business cards, even though they're not passe, they certainly are, as you mentioned, uh, much less common, and people are more likely not to have them. But they always, always, always have their phones. And you know, when you don't have your business card, Miles, it's always well, here, give me your phone number, and I'll send you a text and all this. I mean, th this is tailor made for that kind of networking interaction, isn't it? It is, and the thing I like about it, it's very fast. I mean, I literally, when you just hand them your phone, say, here, type in your email for me, they, there's never, I've never had anyone not say sure, and they type it in. They're familiar with the environment and the format. They click next, and you're set, and you're ready to go. What's really helpful is, is that too many times people have good intentions in these meetings, whether they're short, right? Maybe it's on the street corner. Maybe it's at a Starbucks. Maybe it's at a, some kind of a business event or a convention. We all have good intentions to follow up, but the, the rule is usually the people don't. Or if they do, it's so much after the fact, you don't remember who in the heck it was. Right. And what's nice with Roger, you get a photo, 
You can record snippets from your meeting if you choose. So you can record the whole meeting if you want to. So it's really helpful because it reminds them who you are, uh, which I find very helpful. And in this day and age of everyone taking selfies, um, it fits right into that mode. And by the way, I'm under 30, so I, I think this is a cool app. You're under 30 years in your third lifetime. That's what you're under. <laughs> Gee, many Christmas. Well, it, it is interesting because I, I got to tell you, I, I've done this more times than I care to, to really share over the years. Meet someone, have a good conversation, hand me a business card, make a note on it as we you know, always taught people to do. Stick it in a, you know, your coat jacket or in a briefcase and forget about it. Or worse, it slips away and you lose it. And a couple of weeks later, here it turns up and you go, oh, man, holy cow, where was that? I don't, I don't even remember that. This kind of takes away some of that. But I, I think that there is a certain sense, maybe if we were using Roger 15 years ago, it wouldn't be as uh, easily adopted. But now people are, like you mentioned, they're used to taking a quick picture. They're used to giving you an email. The cool thing about Roger is then it does some of that automatic response stuff for you. And that, that really gets the conversation going. Well, it does. And I, again, people love this stuff. They say, you know what? Hey, thank you for that. Because as I said, you know, we're all busy. We've got a lot of things going on in our world. And uh, I can't tell you how many times, you know, Bob Jones or whoever I met two weeks ago at an event, they're important. I, I want to get to know them or I want to remember them. But uh, you know what? I, I don't always, I, I just can't place it. I can't think, you know, who was this guy and what was it we were talking about? And Roger simply eliminates that from happening snippets of the conversation, a photo of him, all of his contact information. And by the way, they love it because they get all of your contact information back and the photo and the audio if you choose to set it up that way. So they're up to date as well. And so the next time you do reach out and contact them, you know what? They're comfortable because they say, oh, I remember Kelly. He was the guy that had that shiny head. Nice. Yeah, you had to you had to slip that in there. What it, what it, what he meant to say is he was the guy that had that cool new app called Roger. So I, I don't remember if his name's Roger or not, but I remember this guy Roger. Uh, it, it, there there becomes a lot of interesting things that come out of this, and and here's where it gets interesting. You've talked to us about Zapier and Ifttt, which are apps that if one thing's happened, you can program things to do other things. I can envision Miles Roger adds the information to my contact list. And then if I've set up something in Zapier or IFTTT, I can run those things and it automatically then adds it to my CRM or any of a variety of other things. So now you're really getting into some full automation stuff. Kelly, I love it, man. I, you made my day because you're, you're, I know now you are listening and you're absolutely right. Remember, just a week ago, we were talking about how to, how to scan in those business cards, right? Well, right. this is in the same vein. And very frankly, I discovered Meet Roger because of my work with the client on the scanning process. How do we get business, how do we get contact information into the other tools that we need? So the business card scanner is one option. Here's a different option. And I think they can both be used together because again, I'm finding more and more, I don't know about you, more and more people say, you know, I don't have a card with me. This, you don't have to worry about it. You don't need a card. Just give me your email address. And I love the concept that they use here. Let them type it in. I literally hand them the phone and think about it. If they're holding my phone, what are they going to do? Say no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're no, 
they're probably going to go look at your pictures. That's going to scare them away, but <laughs> yeah, that is what it is. Well, good stuff. It's meetroger.com, and I'll tell you some of the best feedback I've had from our uh, listeners who have talked to me have been with a product called Unroll Me, unroll.me. I get, I get comments on that one all the time. I get a lot of people asking me about Zapier and IFTT. Hey, Kelly, I do a lot of things over and over. I remember you guys talking about this. How can I make that work? A lot of the tools, people, if you're listening to the show, a lot of the tools that Miles is talking about. He, he didn't just throw these out there and, you know, for entertainment purposes. These are things that he uses. He teaches other people to use and it's really good stuff. Hey, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks, Franks, for the heads up today. I appreciate it. Looking forward to the next time. He's Miles Austin. You can find him at fillthefunnel.com and uh, follow him at Miles Austin. That's going to do it for today's show. That's number 61 in the can and it was Jeb Blunt and Miles Austin and what a fantastic show it was. Hey, do like I do. Go to iTunes, download iTunes, uh, go search for Business Locker Room, Kelly Riggs, download it, and listen to it on your commute. So much good stuff. And if, you, if you're now starting to listen to Biz Locker Radio, there's a lot of great stuff that you've missed. Make sure you go back and check it. We're going to see you next time. We'll do it every Monday. It's live. It's at 3 o'clock Central Time. We'll expect you to come right back. Biz Locker Radio on Voice America. Thanks to Michael Circuit for making us sound way better than we really are. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of the Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Play to win.